Okay, let's start with a question. How many of us went to business school when we started up in business? I expect there won't be a particularly large show of hands. No, and that's because most of us decided to go into business just doing something that we love or maybe something that we're really good at doing. It's usually a little way down the line that we start to reflect on not actually gaining a grounding in the useful things like sales, marketing, finance and operations. Yeah, and that's when it all starts to feel, well, a bit difficult. I'm Nikki. I've been running businesses since 2004 and I'm the founder of The Growth Community, which is a place where businesses come to network and support each other's business success. And I'm James and I started my business back in 2020, helping businesses, brands and organisations to unlock the power of podcasting, basically using audio as a way to market and grow their business. Well, in our line of work, we both meet a lot of businesses and we're constantly learning new things from being around them. Every day literally is a business school day. So we thought, why not grab some of this good stuff and turn it into a podcast? So please take your seats. Class is about to start. Welcome back, class. Uh, Very pleased to have another guest with us. Please introduce yourself to our lovely class, if you would do. Hi, everyone. My name's Yvonne, and I'm from Solution Shack, and I help business owners get out of their business and away from the boring Monday in admin tasks. I love the name Solution Shack, by the way. I think that's brilliant. I know, it's great, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) So um, it's good to have you here. The reason we wanted to talk to you particularly was um, last year I did a lot of work in my business on processing and automation because it had reached a point where I was drowning in admin and it was quite a big piece of work and at the end of it I just thought oh my goodness why did I not know this beginning because I could have started my business with all this stuff in place and I'd never have got myself to this terrible place of admin so I just thought it'd be really interesting to kind of talk to you about you know the the things that businesses can do and all those little tricks and tips that you know about that could you know, take away all that heavy admin and all that heavy lifting in their business. So the probably best place to start is what should we do if we're thinking about automating and we're thinking about about removing this admin from our business, where should we start? Okay, so you're not the only business owner that's in that position. There's lots of you. (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) Um, And it's so important to have the right foundations in place. And the starting point is you really need to know your processes. So how you get from A to B, what platforms or tools you're using to get from A to B and if there's anybody involved. So document your processes is a key and that's key for outsourcing or automation. That's definitely the foundations of your business to start with. Yeah, and I think I think anything that's kind of uh, valuable about a business is this stuff, isn't it? Because you, this is the stuff that is going to make is going to add value to your business in the long run, isn't it? If you are thinking about exiting it in any way, you you've got to start here. Yeah, definitely. If you've got an exit strategy, or even if you're off ill, how can you expect someone to come in and just take over the reins if there's it's all in your head? Yeah. Um, I mean, you wouldn't go to Gordon Ramsay's restaurant, him be off ill, and expect them to not be able to deliver a quality meal because he teaches them all or it's documented the recipes there to follow so it's the same in business you need your recipes for each process mm. that's a good example that was yeah, yeah, resonated mm. um can i can i go back a few steps and go real basic what kind of things are we talking about then so when we talk about 
automation. And that, I, I feel like over the last three or four years has almost become a little bit of a buzzword. A lot of people go, oh, well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm automating this. I come from a radio background and 20 years ago, the word automation meant a computer that played the songs for you. So it's like, you know, that's got a completely different meaning for, for, for me. And when people go, oh, well, I'm trying to automate some stuff. I'm like, but what, what, what does that mean? What, what, when we, when we talk about automation, what kind of things and, 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 and what, what is it? Yeah. So, so basically automation is a computer that's connecting things together. So um, it's the glue that glues one platform to another and allows things to pass data, basically pass from one to the other without your involvement. So when you're looking for the types of things that you could automate, it's anything repetitive and never changes. If it changes on a weekly basis, there's no point in automating it because you'd be forever in the automation or changing it. So anything that's repetitive and never really changes and follows a set of rules is what you can automate. So entering data in a spreadsheet is a really good one. If it's the same data week in, week out, why would you want to spend, even if it's only 10 minutes, why would you just want to spend 10 minutes doing the same thing when a computer could do it for you? Maybe just on a click of a button. As simple as that. And, and what, what are the barriers then? Why I imagine there's people that go, "Oh no, I can't, I can't do this, I can't do that." Oh, I won't be able to automate that, and 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 kind of almost argue with you about what what can or can't be automated. What why is that? Why why is there kind of like a barrier there? Yeah, well, there's there's lots of myths out there. One one popular one is you'll lose the personal touch. So I always say, just do the simple things. Don't do anything that needs human involvement. So that's one. Um, Two, they find it um, overwhelming. Quite often the people that sign up to Zapier, which is an automation platform, 75% of people who sign up don't actually use it because they just get, they look at it and think, oh, but actually it's so logical and they overcomplicate it. So if they can just keep things simple and just follow the steps of what they want to happen, it's a lot easier to, to actually use it. Okay. So what things did you automate, Nikki? Well, I suppose... Um, what I, I mean, I went through a, a process. I mean, Yvonne kind of gave me some hints and tips on this. Was to actually sit down and write down the things that are that were, like you say, repetitive in my business. The things that were happening all the time that we were going through and doing all these individual tasks with. So first of all, we kind of th this was mostly around my membership process. You know, the actual getting someone from signing up to you know getting all the getting getting signed up to all the training and all that kind of stuff. It was a very very manual process. It was a human in it all the way through and you know in being able to document the process we were able to then spot the things that actually could be automated um, and that that has used Zapier and actually only in really very simple terms because you know I have HubSpot as a CRM which works beautifully with Zapier uh, I have an email system that that, that fits into that process and zero which also slots into that process which sounds really complicated but actually with a little bit of help it wasn't that complicated and now someone can fill in a form it automatically updates hubspot it automatically creates a record in zero it automatically creates their first invoice it uh, automatically emails them with a welcome and automatically emails them with you know the link to training the link to the member portal and does all that process that before 
I was sending them email and sending them back and doing this and doing that. And it was very, very time consuming. So something as simple as that doesn't need a human in it. Mm. It's a very, very simple process. But, you know, you've got to get the process nailed down. You've got to understand it. You've got to take the bits out that you don't need and then put it back together again in a way that is actually effective um, and means that, you know, you can spend your time doing something far more useful and, and more productive in your business. So that that was a massive eye opener for me. Incidentally, uh, that was the most beautiful that I've ever heard anyone say the word Zapier. Where you say, <laughs> Zapier. Oh, I like to call it Zapier. It's I do. Like we're in Yorkshire, it's Zapier. All right. <laughs> so, where do you come into this then? How do you help people? So a lot of them don't even know where to start. So I will say to them, we need to sit down. And exactly as Nikki says, we need to document your processes. So if you've not done that, I'll, I'll ask you first to go away and write down every task that you do. And do you need to be doing it? Um, do you want to do it even? Some people want to still do these tasks. And then from there, we can start f uh, mapping it out. So making a flow diagram, really, because then we can follow those steps and think, well, again, as Nikki said, we can automate that. Actually, there's a bottleneck there. There's a problem. So we need to look at that part of the process. Um, and it might be that there's another step that you don't even need to be doing. So through that process, you're actually streamlining and refining your workflow. So they're much simpler because people, when they set up in business, there's so many different tools out there that they get shiny object syndrome yeah. <laughs> and they sign up to everything and they're trying to use everything and it's, it's not efficient. So that's where I would start. I'd start with mapping it out exactly as Nikki said and writing down what they're doing and what they want to do. So what what do you think are the quickest wins in terms of you know I mean because it doesn't need to be as complicated as what I just said no. um, you know sometimes it's the very simplest things that can save massive amounts of time yeah well I can give you a good example so online booking systems when people want to book an appointment with you there's a well known business coach he implemented Calendly which is software that's free um, unless you want to start taking payments from it and because he was having multiple Zoom calls a day. And once he implemented Calendly, it freed up a whole load of his time so he didn't have to email backwards and forwards, that email ping pong, trying to arrange a convenient time to book an appointment. Yeah. And by the time he'd finished and we looked at how much time it had saved him, it was 22 and a half grand a year of his time that he was spending backwards and forwards. Wow. And when you look at it like that, it was a really simple setup of 10 or 15 minutes to set up Calendly. And there's still loads of people not using it. And it's it's automated, so people just get sent a link to your calendar, they book an appointment, you get an email confirmation with a Zoom link, they get an email confirmation with a Zoom link, and they can have text or email reminders up until an hour before the meeting. Calendly is brilliant. Yeah. I don't know how I ever lived without it. And it's yeah. about keeping it simple. Just start small, automate the simple things first because they are often the biggest wins. And I suppose it's a little bit contagious as well, isn't it? Once yeah. you've done one, you start. it sort of opens your mind to think about other things that you can do. I mean, what would be a step up from that then? What would be the, you know, if someone, someone's, I mean, probably quite a lot of people who are listening to this might already have something like Calendly in place. What would be the next thing up that you think would be a good thing to address? So to take that next step further, so if they're using a CRM system, Every time somebody books an appointment with them, we use Zapier to connect Calendly to, say, HubSpot, and it automatically will put their contact details into HubSpot. So that's the next step. So that's part of your funnel, really. It's the it's growing that funnel out and automating it. And so that's your next step. You try that, see how you feel about it before you move to the next step. 
I, I bet a lot of people say this to you because I'm sat here thinking, mm, I don't know if there's a great deal that I could automate. Um, but one of the things that I often think seems a little bit clumsy for me is exchanging files with clients. Um, so uh, if you can imagine, obviously, I do a lot of podcast editing for people. So people record their podcast, they send it to me. I edit it, I send it them back. They'll send me an email saying, I've got a podcast done, I'll we transfer it to you. Or uh, with a lot of people, I've got like a shared Google Drive folder, which yeah. is you know, it's a bit easier. But then I always just think, oh, there must be an easier way that I can let people know that the podcast done than you know, every time typing out an email saying, that's done now. If you want to have a look in the, you'll find it in the such and such folder under such and such. Can stuff like that be be automated? Is there stuff you can put in place just literally for the way that you just communicate with existing clients? Yeah, it could be that you have um, a database, there's something called Airtable, which is actually a spreadsheet database hybrid. So you'd I'm have... just going to make some notes. <laughs> <laughs> and you can have buttons on there. So it could be that when you... Or it could be on the change of a status in a cell that when you change that status to say podcast ready, it you've set it up so it automatically emails with a link to that podcast mm. it's the same it's the same with like in hubspot that's that's exactly yeah. the process i use so when um when somebody fills a form in i mean that is automated at the moment but it will go in and change their lead status from yeah. being a guest to a member and that will automatically send an email and the same applies if somebody stops being a member and becomes an ex-member they get a, like, something automatically there as well so you can yeah you say it's just just a, a lead uh, status thing sometimes isn't it? it's a button and then yeah. it, off it goes you can even take it so if somebody sends you an email say in gmail or outlook you set up zapier so that it's looking for an email with an attachment and you can get it to save that attachment automatically to a file destination of where you've told it to go so you can even go that far with it I want to ask if you have any unusual examples of quite quirky things that you've been able to process that you've been able to speed up or things that you've been able to help people on. Quirky things. don't necessarily know if it's quirky, but with AI out there now, it's possible to get an email in Gmail, get AI to actually write the draft response for you and save it in your drafts. If you want to go as far as that, That's clever, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, clever. if you're getting regular emails in your your inbox, and I had an email today from someone who says they have a lot every day, and all you've got to do is go to your drafts and look at the response and tweak it. How much time have you saved? That's I'm quite not, interesting, I'm actually. Questioning you, now you, whether or not you, I've had emails from people that have actually not been from them. <laughs> But obviously well, they're going to check so them I'm, first. I'm thinking this person always replies really quickly. I yeah. <laughs> and obviously AI doesn't always get it right. It's, you know, so you can't... But like you say, it's in your draft. So it's you, have, you can... And then you personalise it, but you've not had to sit there and type it. It's already there for you. You've just got to tweak it. What are the risks? How, how can this go wrong? It very rarely goes wrong. It, I go, when you set it up, you need to connect your accounts and you do that by um, passwords. So your login details... It'll go wrong if you change your password and don't tell it. Yep. Um, usually that's... Or it could be there's a, a power outage, but it's very, very rare it goes wrong. It's basically a computer, so until you tell it to stop, it's yep. not going to stop. I'm guessing there's like a testing phase yeah. that you go through to make sure that everything's working before you then put it in. Yeah, we always say uh, plan, do, review, test, and test and review constantly, like at least once every quarter at least, just check yeah. it's working as you want it to. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it'll just, it, sometimes it's just you don't always completely think like a computer. Yeah. Um, so we had something recently where I had two utility warehouse, I had a, a new utility warehouse person join one of my groups and 
and zero when, oh, that's utility warehouse. Oh, that's that person and overwrote the um the the the, the record in it's zero. I bet that went down well. But but it was fine because I spotted it really quickly because I thought, why what's going on with that? Because so I think it's important that you still you use these systems, but there's there's still that kind of uh, checking process in there. So we made sure there was a checking process in there. Um so you know you glance at it and go, Oh, that's weird. Why why has he got that invoice and then we very quickly picked it up so there was no damage done i think when you're doing automation you've got to remember that there still needs to be some humans in there somewhere yeah uh, and, and you need to work out where they need to be and that's a, a case of you would have an if you can put conditions in there so you would say if there's another person with the utility work to warehouse please email nikki yeah and, so, and, and that's what we've them. done we, we've we've now we've now put a, something in the system whereby if it finds somebody who's got the same business name it stops yeah doesn't do anything exactly yeah so there's um, conditions and so rules it, you can it put is, in. I think there has to be a little bit of trial yeah. and error with these things so so for um the average small business then what would you what would you say are i guess the f- top sort of couple of things that they could do to change their life right now i mean obviously calendly is one of them yeah definitely and then like we talked about is then the next step is to put that into maybe their mailing system actually so there that you could have two a two-step automation where it puts it into their crm but also that email address is in their mailing system which then triggers a sales funnel process that emails going out i think they are big time savers and you're also nurturing your clients in that process as well mm. and how far does it go you know i mean you know what what would you where, what would you say is kind of like this on steroids you know what in terms of larger clients oh, hold, limitless yeah you? it is yeah. limitless and it's hold like we've built bespoke systems and they're a bespoke crm system that's specific to the client and although when i say bespoke a lot of people think oh that's mega expensive it's nowhere near as expensive as you think because it's no code so you don't need developers to write it so it's so much simpler than you you realize. I think that's quite an important point, isn't it? Because yeah. you know, unless you're a really big business, and and this is certainly something that I look, think about a lot, you know, because there's lots of things you could go off and do and have loads of bespoke systems. But once you start coding something, there's a a significant expense in that, and it's an ongoing significant expense because once you've done it, you've got to keep reviewing it and you've got to keep adding to it and changing it, and it's got to adapt with your business. So. Would you say, you know, in terms of, you know, this automation process, would you, you know, it actually does, in a lot of cases, doesn't cost you anything? No, there's a lot, like, if you use Zapier, they've got a free account. So, so long as you're only doing, and so it works on a trigger. So, what's the trigger that's going to make that action happen? So, the trigger is someone books a meeting, and the action is you want that email address. So, as long as there's only one trigger and one action, you can do it for free. So it's when you start adding conditions in and you're needing maybe three, four, five steps in the automation, you upgrade. But even then, it's only around, it's it's in dollars. I think it works at around £15. And when you think how much your time's worth, yeah. what's £15 a month if you've saved yourself hours of time? Yeah, yeah. well, certainly I have the paid for version now. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a no-brainer, quite frankly, because, you know, you, and, and I think that no-code thing means that even if perhaps it is a bit, 
you know, it's too complicated for me. I don't have any kind of left-brained activity, really. Um, but, you know, for somebody who's reasonably technical or even a teeny bit technical, they can actually do this themselves, can't they? You can, they can. And there's, um, Zapier's brilliant anyway because they've got so much help. There's a community, there's how-tos. If you go to the Zapier blog, for instance, it's not just a blog. There's productivity tips, automation inspiration, yeah, how-tos. It's There's so much help to be able to do it yourself. We've not generally been doing this on uh, on these episodes because they're very much kind of about a, a topic. But I'm interested. And I need to ask you this: how 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 does someone arrive at the point of thinking helping people to automate? That's what I want to do. That's what I'm passionate about. What what what? How did you end up doing this? Okay, so my background is really board level PA, but then in my last job, I was also in operations, project management, and large scale industrial automation. So. I set up on my own as a VA and one of my clients actually said, I know there's a better way to do this. I shouldn't be doing all this admin. I will pay you to go away and find out how to automate. And that's when I realized actually there's a niche here. Cool. And it's I'm, I, I am a bit techie anyway. I always have been right from the very first, I'm not showing my age, word processor. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it out straight away. So I thought, yeah, there's you, everybody needs a bit of a niche and that ended up being my niche. I used to have a word processor as well. I <laughs> used to have a delete function, but it would only be able to delete so many words and it would run out of the little like delete liquid that it had got in it. So you could only delete like 20 characters. You'd have to go and buy another cartridge for it. Um, Days were the So day. yeah, well, weren't they just... What we what we always do in these uh, in these podcasts is ask people to set some homework. So anyone uh, that's... You know, listen through this far and thought, I want to have a go at this. Now, I think we already touched on some stuff, so it might be repeating something you've already said. Yeah. But what is that kind of next step for someone that says, I'm ready to get going with this. I'm going to go away. I'm going to do it. What 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 is that thing? Okay, so the first thing is, like we said, go away and document your process or at least write down everything you do. Yep. And then the, the one thing that stands out from that that's repetitive, and hopefully it might be we'll pick something actually so we will do the Calendly thing because it's simple we want them to set up Calendly if they're not already using it and we want them to use Zapier so they need a free Zapier account to make that email address go into their mailing system whether that be MailChimp or MailerLite active campaign whichever one they're using Brilliant. so yeah. no, that's, that's that's pretty simple quite straightforward quite instructional homework so I think we can all do that can't we and, and is it fair to say that most of the CRM systems out there have the suitable API to work with uh, Zapier. Yeah. Well, most, I mean, Zapier connects to over 3,000 different platforms. So it's if it hasn't got um, a native integration though, and the CRM has got an API, it is possible to connect, but it is much more, it can sometimes can be much more complex to do it mm. so at which point ring point. you yeah so and, ring me and yeah how do they do that yeah if they want your help yeah so i'm on linkedin you can find me on there um my email address is yvonne at solutionshack.co.uk or check out my website as well. Oh. And Vern also has a pretty good lead magnet as well, I think, haven't you? Yes. I've done I've just done a new one, but I've also a lot of people come to me and say, I don't have a clue what I can automate. I have got a lead magnet that's a hundred and one tasks broke down into different areas like productivity, data, oh, right. admin, that that um gives them an idea of the things that's possible. So yeah, I've got a lead magnet as well. Right. Which you can I'm find. off to download that then. <laughs> <laughs> Are we done? <laughs> Yvonne, it's been brilliant. Thank you ever so much. Thank yeah, thank you, Yvonne. That's been really useful.
Well, thank you for your attendance today. I hope you've learned something new. Every day is a business school day after all. If you'd like to contact us or perhaps put yourself forward as a future guest, find either Nikki or myself on LinkedIn, or you can drop us a line using the links in the show notes. Right, school is out. Please wait for the bell before you leave.